And she's like, you know, would you like some? So she tries to force feed him some chicken. Isn't it finger licking good? And she just, yeah, she, and he doesn't want to do it. And then she, fucking, she sticks her fingers in his mouth and she starts, yeah, is it finger licking good? Is it finger licking good? Show me. And it's like, oh my God. It's just like, it's Show just, me and I'll let you go to the bathroom because yep. that's what you said you wanted to do. Is it a number one or number two? Yep. It's like, number one, go here, go right here. And she like pulls his dick out of his pants. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. Hey, Luke, it's the end of our international month, but you know what comes next? It's fucking Halloween. I know, dude. I, I'm I'm pumped. Like, I'm I'm ready for fall. Uh, super ready for fall. Uh, super not ready for what's coming after fall. I, again, I'm, <laughs> I, I live in Wisconsin, so it's like the cold death is coming here for six months. Uh, but I'm excited for fall, specifically... Uh, for halloween it is my favorite time of the year you know the regular year you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna take summer out of it because everybody loves summer you like getting out especially in our cold our cold states here in the midwest right everybody loves the summer but other than other than the summer halloween october like into thanksgiving favorite time of the year i, I will counter that that not everybody loves the summer and my daughter being one of them she like <laughs> Cannot stop complaining about how hot it is, and <laughs> hot to her is anything over seventy-two degrees Fahrenheit, which is madness to me. Like that's well, she's got a problem then because she lives in the wrong state. Then, well, I mean, she loves the winter, so maybe she's in the right state. Because I fucking, I think I'm in the wrong state. I fucking hate the winter, <laughs> and it's like half the year is winter. I don't care what they call spring here; it's still winter. So. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. The fall is great. Uh, fall is fantastic. It's it's for many reasons. Again, spooky season being one of you know primary reasons. Well, Luke, we we just started two podcasts in the row talking about the weather. So we're gonna we're gonna move right along to uh, the wheel of bargain bin bounties. I think I got it. I think you got it, man. That's pretty great. <laughs> All right, you watched a movie <laughs> called Death Rage. I did. I, I, and I, I want to hear about it, and everybody else wants to hear about it. And I'm going to have you tell me about it as soon as I put the, uh, the timer on. So, Luke, awesome. you got now wait. two now wait minutes. Now, wait a minute. Let, let's just for, for brand, for that one or two brand new listeners, uh, just should we explain the segment real, real quick? Oh, yeah, we probably should because it's been a couple of weeks since we did it. I bought a uh, DVD collection called uh, the Chilling Classics 50 Movie Pack. Uh, it's by, uh, what is the name of this company? Uh, Mill Creek Entertainment. So it's Mill Creek Entertainment's uh, Chilling Classics uh, promises uh, hours of nail-biting tales on 12 DVDs. And uh, every so often on here, not every week, not every episode, uh, we spin the wheel of uh, bargain bin uh, bounties because I, I found this thing in the bargain bin uh, section and I have to watch one of these 50 movies and uh, anyway uh, this time landed on Death Rage I'm excited I saw that cover and if you were looking on Instagram you would have saw the cover too uh, this is one of those ones that has just like an awesome movie poster mm-hmm it's awesome. It's actually got a few awesome movie posters. It does. Yeah, because this is an Italian production, isn't it? 
Yep, it's an Italian. Oh, is it Italian? It, it's so aggressively Italian. <laughs> uh, it, it does. It's uh, well, we'll get into it when I when I talk about it. All right, two minutes on the clock. Death Rage, go. All right, so Death Rage is a 1976 crime thriller, not horror by any means, movie uh, directed <laughs> by Antonio Margariti. Seriously, this is this belongs to another completely different genre called like spaghetti crime. Sometimes it's called uh, Italio crime or Euro crime, uh, fucking Mill Creek just like snuck this one into this 50 movie pack and just called it a day. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a good one. It's a good, uh, Italio crime. If you're going to call it that movie, it's, it's a fast paced, uh, it's 98 minutes. Uh, there's not a lot for the story. It's basically, uh, it's Yul Brynner, isn't it? He plays a guy called Peter Marciani. And he's there to avenge his brother's death, which happens before the movie even starts, which dramatically doesn't work at all, but whatever. And it's just him running around Naples, shooting it out with uh, dudes that work for this uh, Italian mobster called Gallo. And um, pretty much all the shootouts are completely bloodless. So there's not even like gore in this movie. Uh, there's a really, really attractive actress in here called uh, Barbara Boucher. I think that's how you say her last name. She was 33, by the way, and Yul was 56, and they're like a romantic couple. So that was kind of weird to see. Um, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a solid crime movie from Italy from 1976. It's nothing to write home about. It's Yul Brynner's last movie. Uh, apparently, he was a complete shithead on set, treated everybody like garbage. And then the whole experience just kind of like made him quit acting. And you would just go on to do like uh, on stage productions. Uh, but if you like this type of thing, and I do, I recommend it. It's a it's a decent movie, just not at all horror. <laughs> well done, man. Uh, this is the first one to just based on the cover that I've actually wanted to watch. Yep of of the ones that you've we've done for this. Yeah, you should. I think you'd like this one. I almost did, and then I remembered. I remembered that the, the the fun of this is that me not knowing what this is. So now I'll watch it. But the funny thing is, when this got rolled on uh, on the wheel picker, there, I had just finished Death Wish, rewatching Death Wish to see if I had actually seen it before. I had. I just forgot about it. Oh sure. And what's funny, what's great about this poster is that it goes, for, there's a couple of taglines. And the first one is, first Death Witch, now Death Rage. <laughs> and the second chapter of the big city vigilante, Bronson started it, Brenner finishes it. <laughs> I mean, That's they knew good. their audience and they knew what they were trying to copy. Yeah, Italy is, is I mean, they got a track record of this. Like when uh, uh, Romero's Dawn of the Dead came out, right? The, the original Dawn of the Dead. You know, they came out with zombie. It was called zombie in 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 Italy, right? That's what they yeah. renamed it to, to to just zombie. And then uh, they they made their that movie was so successful. They made a sequel to that movie, their own sequel without Romero's involvement at all, called Zombie Two, which is great in its own right. But yeah, they just kind of like yeah, you know, they piggyback of uh, of success. It's not their first time. Well, Luke, uh, it's review time. And and judging by the Instagram posts I put up uh, for these in the last month and a half or so, people are really enjoying this, and that's great. And uh, another person, people that are enjoying this, uh, are the Midnight Terrors boys. So uh, a couple of our reviews tonight are not just from Kevin, but also from Jason. Oh, great, <laughs> Jason! And, um, type and, in. Uh, and uh, we, as we opened up our international series with the Wailing. 
If you remember that uh, Kevin called in. And uh, we're going to finish in the same way. So uh, I've got the Midnight Terrors boys on the phone here. What's up, boys? What's up, What's up boys? What's up, guys? So, Luke, as as promised, we got a couple reviews today. So, uh, Kevin or Jason, take it away. Um, I got the most uh, death wishiest thing that we could ever do. Uh, <laughs> if you were death wishing on a star... For the most death-wishiest death-wish oh death wished with the death-wishiest <laughs> you no further. And this Death Star <laughs> has delivered <laughs> with the most death-ragiest rage ever. Just grab your socks and grab your cocks. And... Uh, Death rage it. <laughs> wow was was that our first poem review? <laughs> Congrats, Jason. That's that's fucking great, man. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I do what I can, man. <laughs> oh man, it's so uh, tricky that he could barely say it. <laughs> When when I was gonna read it, I I thought I was gonna have a problem, and uh, I told this to Kevin already. But Jason, I was gonna originally when I was reading these, I was gonna have uh, Luke guess which one was which. But then you sent yours, and I'm like, oh, that's obviously gonna be Jason's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a it was a fun review for me. So, <laughs> so awesome. Luke, Luke, is it a fake or a real review? And do you agree with it? <laughs> uh it's definitely the death wishiest movie i've seen in a while uh so i agree with it um i'm gonna say he didn't see it so i'm, I'm gonna say it's fake but uh, it's, it's really good <laughs> well i do what i can <laughs> you the, you the man <laughs> all right all right kevin take it away Grazie to Yul Brynner, the best Agent 47 that's ever Agent 47. Watching 1976's Death Rage is a non-stop thrill ride from start to finish. Witness the hit hitman of the summer in this classic Italian tale of revenge, filled with only the best of over-the-top action, entertaining characters galore, and a captivating story. This movie is most certainly going to leave you saying, Mamma Mia! <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, except for the captivating story, which this movie definitely does not have, uh, that's spot on, man. Um, I don't know. Did, did you fucking see it? No, I did not. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a really good review. Like I said, the, the story in this movie kind of blows, but everything else is good. <laughs> fucking uh, Marcus texted me earlier. He's like, "Did you actually watch it?" I said, "Nope, I ran out of time." He's like, "This thing's legit." <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it, it's also funny because it's this. It's you know, it's on this fifty movie pack of like chilling class. It's just not a horror movie at all, not the least bit. So it's our first non-horror horror movie that we've like touched on in this podcast, which is fine. I wondered about that because I looked it up and I was like, huh, that doesn't seem like a horror movie. And yeah, <laughs> no. crime not at all. Italian, of course, I got to throw in uh, some Italian stuff. <laughs> no, it's it's got it's got uh, um, Barbara Boucher is one of the stars and she's been like in a ton of uh, Giallo movies. 
but uh no this one is not it's not even like violent it's not even bloody like it's <laughs> it's just it's like you know like those old school movies where dudes get shot and then they grab the spot where they got shot and they fall over like it's a, there's a lot of that going on <laughs> beautiful beautiful i may i may actually watch that at some point because yeah, i'm gonna watch decent. it it seems like fun <laughs> well thank you thank you guys so much for coming on again uh you bookended our series here this is our last in the series so we appreciate it um i'm gonna take a page out of kevin's book kevin's kevin loves his uh his teasers so we got we got a special triple crossover episode coming out in uh in a couple weeks so uh god damn look forward to that hell yeah yeah we're looking forward to it so everyone listening, go out and listen to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Kevin, where can we listen to you? You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can take a listen there. And you can get in touch with us on social media, Facebook and Instagram under Midnight Terrors Podcast. And you can shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Hell Thanks, yeah. guys. Again, we'll see you soon. Hey, hey, you guys, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, all hail fun sack. See ya. See you guys. <laughs> nice. We're <laughs> <laughs> right, not done though. I, I do have one more review. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, here we go. And uh, this one comes from uh, another uh, first time guest that's going to come up in the Halloween months too. Because you know, Halloween special, we got to do it right. Yes. Yes. Uh, so this comes from horror author R. Jacob Honeybrook. Oh, hell yeah, man. I can't wait to talk to him about um, all kinds of horror stuff. That's great. Same, I'm same, same. And you can, uh, you can go follow him on Instagram at R. Jacob Honeybrook, and you can get his books on uh, Amazon and other places. Let's yeah. go check him out. Absolutely. All right. So here's his review. If you like Death Wish, Death Rage will melt your face off. He is a very bald man. She is one smoking hot bikini babe, but she's been kidnapped. And now this shiny headed son of a bitch will stop at nothing to take back his piece of poontang pie. <laughs> Death rage. It'll blow your balls off. Man, I got to run out and read this guy's stuff. I haven't done it yet, but I will. Um, that's really good. That's really good. Um, man, it seems legit because uh, at one point, uh, Barbara Boucher's character does get kidnapped because, of course, she was going to, and he has to go and uh, and rescue her. And he is a very bold man. Um, uh, I'm gonna say it's a really fun, real review. <laughs> it is fake. I I got fooled too. I asked him if he had actually seen it, and he goes, uh, he responded, "I have not. I'm pretty sure I saw all the Death Wish movies though back in the day. I remember one. I think he's fighting Soviet soldiers in the streets with a rocket launcher. <laughs> I think that's part three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's got the parts down. He knows which one is which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Death Wish three. Uh huh. Uh huh. Rocket launcher well, in the street. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, R. Jacob Honeybrook, for sending that in. Yes, thank and, you so um, much. Go, uh, go check out his stuff. He will be on the podcast in a couple weeks, so look forward very, to that. Very excited. I hope, I hope that happens. That's 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 fantastic. All right, so uh, we're gonna roll for the next one, and you know, with the caveat that we always say is that we have no idea when the hell we're gonna do this one, but it'll be at some point. Right, right. Because you know, I gotta fucking watch this thing. So. <laughs> <laughs>
And I know some of these, some of these, you look at them and you got to muster up the courage to actually put it on. Yep. That's actually Death Rage. I was like, oh god, that's that title does not, you know, embode confidence. But it was it was actually a fun time, just not horror. And, but and Luke doesn't have the benefit because, like, literally, he looks at nothing. So, like, if he would have seen the poster, you would have watched this one. Like, you would have been like, yeah, that I looks like. Would have had expectations. But he doesn't actually look at the poster either. So nope, um... nothing, not the year, not the description, not the synopsis. <laughs> I, I'm going in uh, ice cold, I, or I don't know, blind, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> All right, here's your next one. You are going to watch number 24. Number 24. <laughs> well, this is a movie that uh, we've mentioned on here before. Uh, during oh, really? our Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen it, but it, it's been mentioned during our, um, uh, you know, our one of our cinematic Animals Attack segments. Uh, number 24 is Horrors of Spider Island. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've seen this movie. Okay. I have not. I have not. <laughs> I, but I, I will. I've seen it, but only the Mystery Science Theater three thousand part. Yeah, but I, I I haven't seen it. I, uh, I but I kind of know what to expect. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Well, stay tuned for that one when we get to it. Am I not pretty enough? Is my heart too broken? Do I cry too much? Am I too outspoken? All right, Luke, we're going to finish up with our last movie here in uh, a little bit of a different way. This movie, The Loved Ones, which we're going to talk about tonight, is uh, an Australian horror movie. It was actually suggested to us by an actual Australian. Which is pretty fucking cool. So uh, I got in contact with a, a guy named Danny Boy, and he, uh, he is the owner and the on-air talent for the Creepy Crap Podcast. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it's really funny. He's got a, a great uh, great editing style. It, their episodes are about a half hour, so you can breeze right through them. And uh, I was talking to him, and we, originally he was going to come on the podcast, uh, but you know he's in Australia, so the schedules didn't really work out. But uh, maybe they will at some point in the future. But yeah. uh, he sent this recommendation to us. That's awesome. Um, very cool. Very cool him to, to, to chip in with, uh, you know, into our pad, podcast here. And um, man, by the way, when we for next year, when we do our, our, our third international, you know, uh, horror edition, do we should do like, uh, you know, like remember you, you played Street Fighter 2, right? Remember Street Fighter 2? Yeah. yeah, remember like the old school like Street Fighter 2 Turbo, like for the Super Nintendo. Remember yeah, like when you, you would. So you would like do like the single player, right? Uh, and, and like you know, you could see like the airplane flying to like the different parts of the world. So yeah, and it would, it would go to Japan, and you'd hear like the you know the sixteen bit digitized voice like Japan, you know, like that that whole. <laughs> we should do that. Like so, like today it would be like Australia. Yeah. But anyway, D- Danny Boy, thank you for the recommendation, and we we look forward to to interacting more with you. Uh, he sent us a little something uh, that explains uh, why he wanted us to watch it and why he likes this movie. So uh, I'll let him take it away. Hey, going everyone? It's Danny Boy here. I run the Creepy Crap Podcast. It's Australia's favorite horror show. It's a podcast where I talk about crappy movies, being good ones occasionally. It's a bit of a mix, you know, half and half. But it's the Creepy Crap Podcast. You can get me on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. All at one word, Creepy Crap Podcast. But enough about me. I'm here on the Review to Death Podcast to talk about the movie I suggested for the boys. It's 2009's classic Australian movie, The Loved Ones. It's a 
heartfelt movie about a boy meeting a girl and a supportive family that just wants to see their daughter happy. And it's just such a good movie. I can't wait to hear all their thoughts about it. Am I not pretty enough? Oh my God. It's got great tunes. It's just a heartfelt movie that's going to make everyone feel good. And I can't wait to hear how it made the boys feel when they watched it. Oh my God. Australian horror. You gotta love it. And the boys suggested a movie for me as well. That movie was Society. It's all about the shunting, the shunting, they say. And that will be an upcoming episode shortly on mine. They'll do an intro for me as well, which you'll hear at the beginning. And it'll be a fun little trade. It's such a fun little idea. Oh my God, I can't believe the boys got into it. Good on you, boys. You're fucking legends. Thank you. So enjoy this episode, everyone. It's The Loved Ones, Australian Horror, on review to death. Have a great day, everyone. And I'm going to be a bit of a shunt myself and a head off now so enjoy so luke what's the loved ones about so the loved ones has a real quick synopsis on uh, imdb which um man does not fully <laughs> entail what this movie is about but it states when brent turns down his classmate lola's invitation to the prom she concocts a wildly violent plan for revenge that's pretty much it. I didn't read that description, so I was expecting something totally different when I watched this movie. Yeah, you, you. I mean, we we texted a little bit back and forth. You were expecting something more in the vein of uh, Carrie. Yeah, like I thought this was like going to be because I just looked at the cover and I didn't really read the description. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, that looks like a like a prom dance type thing. And like maybe there's going to be some murders or some shit going on at a prom. And that's not what this movie is. Uh, no, no, not at all. But I can, I can totally see where you would think that. I mean, you could see like you maybe just by the uh, just by the cover, by the poster, like, oh, maybe, you know, she's been wronged and she's going to get revenge on the people that wronged her. But uh, no, th- this ends up being uh I don't want to like simplify it to the point where just calling it the Australian Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but uh, it's definitely very close to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre from Australia. Yeah, it's definitely got that feel and uh, spoiler warnings uh, incoming. Uh, so you've yes. been you've been warned. Also, pr- probably again, uh, maybe some content warning. The some of the, this this movie's pretty fucked up. Yeah, if not so much even the gore, but like, because um, we've watched more fucked up gory things than this. Although this gets pretty bad at some parts. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the relationships in this movie, I'll just put it that way. Uh, some uh, content warning on that. You're gonna take a shower after this movie has been watched. That's all I'll say. So our main characters in this one, and Luke already mentioned one of them is Lola, and she's going to be our our killer, our like sort of, she's got problems, Luke. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> she's our main antagonist uh, by far. Uh, her also, also known just as Princess. Right. I was just going to say, I think she, I think in the, uh, in the credits, I think she's just credited as Princess, but I uh, know her, her real name is Lola. Brent is our main male actor and his girlfriend, Holly. Yes. And we should mention a couple couple other side characters too. Yeah. Yeah. We should mention um, Lola is played by Robin McLeavy and Brent is played by a guy named Xavier Samuel. Um, Because dude, the acting in this movie is, is amazing. It is, it is top notch by, by, by some talent that I wasn't aware of before I watched this movie. These, these two actors specifically, 
um, you know, if, if they didn't work, the movie wouldn't work. And uh, they knock it out of the park. Now, Luke, I had a question about this because I had not heard of this one at all, but it seemed like you did. Did this, because this is a movie from 2009, did this get much press in America and I just missed it? I So I, I don't remember how I heard about this. I think I don't think I watched it when it first came out. Um, actually, uh, former uh, guest on the podcast, my my buddy Dan, uh, told me about this movie, and it was at the time it was on Prime Video. I just can't, I really can't remember uh, when I watched it, but it, it was definitely several years after it was its release. And I don't know when Prime Video became like a thing, mm-hmm. but I watched, yeah. it on, but I watched it on Prime Video. I remember that. And um, yeah, he recommended it. He's like, man, you got to watch this fucking movie. And then, so I, I did. I remember texting him back or calling him back and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why did you recommend this? But uh, no, ultimately, I was glad I, I watched it then. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I watched it now. It's a, it's a super effective, uh, nasty little horror movie. Uh, fr- did you remember Godfrey. much of it when you were doing your watch recently? I, okay, so... I remembered bits and pieces. I did not remember the seller reveal until it happened, which was an awesome shock and reveal. Uh, that was like, I remember like my jaw dropped the first time I watched this and my jaw re-dropped uh, again, watching it this time around. Yeah, we're going to hit, we're going to hit through some of these things. But um, what, one of the things I really enjoyed this movie is that there was a couple times when I wrote down in my notes and uh, <clears throat> Zach, ZC Kroll, if you're listening, I did take copious notes when we watch, when we watch movies separately, I take more notes than when we're watching them together at the time. <laughs> there was a, more than a couple of times where I wrote down like, well, what the fuck is this? Why did they do that? And then the movie, for the most part, revealed why shortly after. Or right. a little bit longer down the line. So I did enjoy that. That was sort of fun. Maybe we can start with this one with um, sort of explaining where our main characters got to where they are. When yeah, we start I, with the story. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you want to start with uh, Brett's backstory? Yeah, let's start with Brent. Because um, he was in a car accident that was his fault maybe where he's talking and see, this is the one thing I did not know. He's, he's with a guy in the car at the beginning, but what's their relationship? That's his dad. That's his name is Dan. Dad. Okay. Yep. His name, his name is Dan. And I see where you or someone else would be, uh, kind of unsure as to what the relationship is because buddy or something that, like that. Cause that's exactly what it looks like. His Dan is like, he, what is he? Doesn't he start smoking pot in the car? And he's like, kind of like, shoot, yeah, he's not, he doesn't appear to be much older than him. Yep, doesn't appear to be much Not older. Not as than old as you son. would expect a man to be that had a son that was in his, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old. Right, and he's dressed like kind of like a surfer dude, you know, right. a little bit. And um, yeah, no, they they are uh, they appear to be just a couple of buddies hanging out. But no, it, it turns out that that actually is his real cool dad. <laughs> and uh, they're driving along and. Brent gets distracted, and then when he looks back, he sees a guy in the middle of the road. And you don't get to see this guy very much, but he doesn't look to be in best spirits. Um, but there's not much. Like, something's wrong with this guy, and so much so that if you didn't know what this movie was, you might think that it could be like a paranormal type thing. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think I think he sees him just for like a split second out of the front of his car, and he's all bloodied up. Like, he's just he looks not good. And then Brent swerves out of the way, crashes into a tree, which ends up killing 
his dad. And the main story picks up six months later. So that's where Brent is. Right. Right. Holly, his, his girlfriend, who we do meet, is um, we don't really get much of a backstory on her. We just know that she calls her mom later and her mom doesn't pick up and they're not in the same area. Right. So we don't really know what's going on with her. We just know that Holly and Brent are together. And we do find out through like a, uh, a card later on that Brent had left for her because they're going to go to the prom that he does love her. And he's like, she's really important to him. You know, she's helping him get through his trauma. There is another character, actually a couple of characters, and they, I could see people having an issue with, with these two characters because their storyline is, does seem to be kind of superfluous to the, the, the main storyline, but there's a character of Jamie, who is uh, Brent's best friend, and then there's a character of Mia. She's like a goth girl in high school, and Jamie wants to go out uh, on a date with Mia, to which she uh, agrees to. Uh, who Jamie is surprised as anybody that she did. Uh, and Mia is got issues of her own because her brother uh, disappeared. Uh, well, about six months ago and uh, she's not dealing with it very well. You can see where this is going. I, I don't really have an issue with it, I guess, but their storyline is completely unnecessary. <laughs> Dude, you know why it's there, right? Literally just like levity because it is funny. It's, it's, I mean, it, it got some laughs out of me. Parts of it are, yeah, because like she just drinks and they smoke pot all night and then they, they have, they have sex in the car after like the, the, um, like the chaperone at the dance saw him on the dance floor, like feeling each other up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> he's it's like, super awkward. You're going to do that, go somewhere else. And then he like knocks on the window of the car when they're doing it. He's like, when I said go somewhere else, I meant off school property. <laughs> I know it's funny and and he's hey for his part he's kind of cool about it because he doesn't like you know tell him to leave right. or call the cop he just kind of like walks away he's like I fucking told you guys when I said not here I meant not fucking on campus <laughs> and literally like, don't fuck on campus I just, just that's the only thing I wanted just, and then he, he still doesn't like narc on him or anything he just walks away this uh I'm assuming it's like a principal or like you said, yeah, there's some chaperone who knows, but um, yeah, their, their, their story. I mean, there's like some like straight up slapstick when uh, yeah. he tries to like she hop over the, the car. Yeah. Yeah. She oh, he falls out of the off car. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. He tries to look cool. Cause Jamie is like literally like the guy that like wants to be cool, look cool to impress this, um, you know, th- this girl, Mia, who's, you know, a very good looking young lady, probably out of his league. I mean, he shows up to the date wearing like a leisure leisure suit with a, a tuxedo T-shirt underneath. I mean, it's fucking yeah. great. But yes, their story their story is. I mean, is, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it is important to mention that uh, Mia's dad is a cop. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so ben, back to Brent. Brent does not have a good relationship with his mother. His mother has not said it out loud, but she blames him for the crash. Right. Right. Um, he's not dealing with things and it's before they go to the prom, uh, Brent like sort of runs off and like <laughs> climbs a mountain, which in my head, <laughs> and I think about Australia, it's like, yeah, everybody can leave their back porch and like just have mountains right there or like a rock wall that they can climb. That's just my, my, my mind's, you know, probably idiot's view of Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote down in my notes, uh, uh, Brent gets upset and free solo is a cliff. <laughs> which is and then gets himself kidnapped on the top gets of a, it well, yeah. <laughs> he gets himself chloroform 
Yep, he gets abducted by a uh, person unseen. Which uh, oh we're wait, find out. we huh? gotta we we forgot one thing, one crucial thing, because we we kind of before all this happened, uh, Lola did ask him out to That's the prom. Right. Because uh, this is why I sets this whole movie off. <laughs> so she asked him out right. to the prom, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm going with Holly." And it wasn't he wasn't a dick about it either. He was no, like he wasn't super a dick nice about it either. And like they didn't even like you would think that he like if it was a movie that was made in America in 2009, he'd like walk out and catch up with like, his girlfriend. He's like, "Oh, guess who asked me out?" And they'd make fun of her like viciously. Right, like that that mean that version. Happen. Yeah, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. That that era of horror in uh in the united states at least it was just permeated with just asshole characters being you know assholes to each other the entire time which got old real fast but no brent it's brent is a genuinely nice dude he's a nice guy he's got a nice girlfriend who you know uh loves him very much apparently and you know he fucking wears a metallica t-shirt which that's fucking great yeah he master wears, puppets master of puppets he wears flannel i'm like th- this guy is me in in high school i mean it's it's fucking great uh i love brent brent is easy for we me should, to root for we should also mention that lola i uh, spies holly and brent getting it on in his truck too which by the way which by the way is fucking bonkers because again it's people fucking having sex on school grounds but this is like in, in the, the daylight. daytime and like no clothes, clothes completely off, like in the school parking lot. <laughs> so, yeah, according to the to this movie, uh, teenagers in Australia do it in cars willy nilly. Flash forward now, Brent's been kidnapped, and it turns out he's been kidnapped by Lola's dad. And now Brent's in for a very eventful evening. Now oh, he's gonna have a bad bad time yeah the person that kidnapped him i i think they do say his name but i don't i didn't get it and in the credits he's and just credited he's just credited as daddy yeah. just daddy i think it's daddy right is just that's all it is mm-hmm. so daddy yeah. kidnapped him uh brent wakes up in a tux uh like he's dressed to the nines uh he doesn't know where he is he's inside of a house uh, he basically woke up in the middle of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dinner scene. Not to bring that movie right. up again, uh, but he has uh, Daddy on his left. Uh, he's got uh, Daddy's left. right across from him. Oh, Daddy's right across, left. and a person that they just refer to as Bright Eyes is on the right. Right with with what appears to be uh, a somewhat scabbed over hole or healed over hole drilled into the middle of her forehead. Like she's got like a wound there or, or like something that's recently been healed uh, over. I thought she was dead. I thought so. Like, I thought there was just this dead woman with a gunshot wound in her head. And she's been just, there for a while. right. And she's just staring off into space and she's drooling. Uh, obviously catatonic. She's not really there. So Luke, do you notice how we just sort of glazed past the part where, um, uh, Lola's dad watches her undress and lingers too much on her body parts. Uh, until you just mention it, yeah, because that's really uncomfortable <laughs> to talk about. So, um, but yeah, that happens because <laughs> she gives he gives her a dress. Yes, you know, pink for, dress for that's this, on the poster for this, for this thing that's about to happen that we didn't know yet. Yep, and she's like, "Oh, here, you know, you have to see it on," and she just starts taking her her clothes off. Yep, and uh, he's staring at her in her underwear, and he's got a weird look on his face. And you're like, oh, okay, let's just move along, movie. Well, it's not even like weird. He's just kind of like, at first he's like embarrassed that his daughter's in dressing in front of him, but then he like, 
looks. He's like he's like into it, and then you're like, oh yeah. no, oh no. When when shit like that happens in the movie, I I'm like I'm watching that part, yeah. and I'm like in my head, I'm like, okay, right. He's not really her father. He's just a guy <laughs> looking at a completely unrelated woman in her underwear. They're both of age. Everything's fine. Yeah, I, I go to my happy place. I'm like, this isn't happening. <laughs> By the way, I so again, I got to mention the acting. The guy that plays daddy, his name is John Brumpton. Uh, he is really good in this role uh it makes him really effective he's super creepy he's got this look on his face where he's just like i just man he's it was just so unsettling uh i don't know man like he freaked me out yeah and you know what we've seen a few um australian movies horror and otherwise and um i I don't know any way other to describe it is that he just feels like a lot of those Australian characters that we see. And like, for instance, we last January, a couple of January's ago, we watched um Razorback and he would have been right at home in that movie. Oh yeah. Dude. He could have been, you know, living out in the outback. Like he's been out there by himself for too long. Uh, that type of character. Um, and he was actually, I don't know if you saw this movie. Uh, I know it did. It's a alligator one called deep water. Did you see that one? I don't think I saw deep water. Yeah. I saw that one. That one's pretty good. Um, uh, he was in that one. So I, I kept, uh, I had to look it up afterwards because I kept looking at him. I was like, I, I think I recognize that guy, but I couldn't figure out where, but it was, it must've been that because I've seen uh, Deep Water. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe we throw that on this January for Animal Attacks 3. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, one more thing I want to mention before we move on. Uh, on his way back to the house after kidnapping uh, Brent, uh, Daddy does stop and pick up some random ass fucking roadkill and just just toss it into the back of his car and Brent's in the truck. So come we'll, into play later. We'll come back to that. Back to this uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre dinner, uh, and uh, uh, you know, like uh, he's starting to Brent's starting to figure out what's going on. He's he's um, you know uh, Lola's. Uh, you know, this is obviously her party and it, it seems pretty comfortable. Like this is something that they've done before. Right. Like she's taken pictures with him. And, uh, uh, this is one of the things that like they injected him with, uh, I don't know. Was it like Drano or something or it's bleach? They, 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 they know exactly. Apparently they know exactly where to put this needle because they, they, they make it. So his voice box is like damaged. So like for the rest of the movie, he can't speak. And he can't scream, which is like the the whole point of that was so he couldn't scream. But he makes this like awful like gargling noise whenever he tries to scream. And I, you know, I can't even I'm not going to even try and do it. But it's just just, it's bad when he tries to scream. It sounds like a broken tea kettle going off. And it's 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 unsettling. It's see, I was confused at first because I looked at it. It's like, isn't that going to kill him? (laughs) I well, again, I. This is, you know, my second time watching it. I, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, are they like going to drug him to make him more docile? But no, it's 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 just to, to make him so he, you know, he can't scream. He's still very much aware, very much awake uh, as to what's going on. And uh, just to give you an idea how fucked up this scene, because this movie takes a left turn right here. Mm-hmm. Um, they start to, well, Lola specifically starts to feed Bright Eyes, you know, the catatonic woman, uh, some chicken. And uh, she's just kind of like absentmindedly like, you know, you know, biting at it. And she's like, it's coming down the side of her face and there's drool. It's just it's fucking nasty. And then she looks over. Lola does over at Brent 
and he's looking at this whole thing, you know, with just like wide eye terror. And she's like, you know, would you like some? So she tries to force feed him some chicken. Isn't it finger licking good? And she just, yeah, she, and he doesn't want to do it. And then she fucking, she sticks her fingers in his mouth and just starts, yeah, is it finger licking good? Is it finger licking good? Show me. And it's like, oh my God. It's just like, it's show just, me and I'll let you go to the bathroom because yep. that's what you said you wanted to do. Is it a number one or number two? Yep. It's like, number one, go here, go right here. And she like pulls his dick out of his pants. We don't see it, but right. you know, it's assumed. Right. She gives him like, you know, <laughs> talk about a high pressure situation, piss. She gives him like <laughs> 10 seconds to actually go or like, you know, they're going to start hurting him. Right. <laughs> Dude. And every time, <laughs> every time Brent does something uh, like defiant toward Lola, daddy fucking raises a hammer. <laughs> Just <laughs> right. <laughs> So when, when he's, she's got his, his, you know, his, uh, member, uh, in her hand, you know, getting, uh, him ready to, to pee. Who the fuck's member? What are you doing? Member. I'm trying to keep this classy. This podcast needs some class because okay. we're going to get into some stuff later. That's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be beyond the pale. So I'm, I'm going to, we're going <laughs> to, going to ease into this shit, Marcus. So. <laughs> So while she's doing that, Daddy's behind him, right? Is he behind him with the hammer, or is he? Yes. I forget where the fuck. Behind he is. her with a hammer, and like holding him around the neck, right? And she's like, "If you don't pee in what, like thirty seconds, then ten he's gonna, seconds, ten seconds, ten seconds, yeah, he's gonna nail it. It being his member, uh, <laughs> to, the ch- to the chair. He's gonna nail his dick to the chair, guys. Oh, uh, so yeah, as. <laughs> By the way, if that was me, I would gotten my dick nailed to the chair. There's no way I can pee under that condi- on, in those conditions. There's no way. No, I, I can. Does. I could, dude. When I go to when I go to baseball games, I can barely pee when there's two guys standing on either side of me. It's awful. <laughs> the troughs. The yeah. Troughs. Well, we don't. It's you're it, Wrigley over there. No, I. We don't have troughs. We have actual urinals <laughs> over here, and it's still very uncomfortable. There's. <laughs> So yeah, my wiener will be nailed to the chair for sure. Uh, he does squeeze a few drops off, and then she says something about like kissing it to make oh, it dude, better or something like it's, that. It's so bad. It's so bad. She's like, it's crying. Oh yeah. Oh, should I kiss it and make it better? I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. And then she's and she like leans down. He kicks her because right. he has it, Brent wears this necklace with a razor blade on it cuz you know a, one of the ways he deals with his traumas he's a cutter now right right yeah he cuts and he's been off. cutting through his binds and so he gets him off and he kicks her away and you know she goes into the table and dad's all freaked out and then he runs away and could can i just say like could somebody have run away worse than he does uh no <laughs> no, dude, this is some Benny Hill type bullshit here that Brent pulls off. It is, it is the worst. Dude, they would have had the fucking uh, yakety sax music playing behind the scene. It would have been uh, totally appropriate. I mean, first of all, you could have just kept running because it. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the outback, but it looked like it was on the outskirts. And like, if you had just come and kept going, he had a bit of a head start. Like, I don't think they would have found him at night out there. Maybe the next day, right? Right, but um, but he does. And he crawls under the car, which is okay. Even, yeah, which I'm is cool. okay. But even when the even when the car starts to move, because Dad gets in there and starts to drive away, why did he go in front of the car where the headlights are? Uh, it's like I said, it's 
It's fucking stupid. It's so dumb. He does that, and then the next thing he does is fucking climb a tree. And, climb and the full, tree. In full view of, of Daddy and Lola. And then they just start chucking rocks at him until they knock him out of the tree, and he fucking falls on top of the car. Because, oh, yeah, Daddy tries to run him over, and he hits the tree instead because yeah. he, he climbs it. And so he falls down, and so the car's, like, stuck on the tree. So, so Brent falls down and hits the trunk. It's, like again, like a darkly funny moment. I mean, this movie is like a super black, dark comedy, right? Like it, it's got to yeah. be. I wasn't the only one that thought it was kind of funny at times. And then, and then when, uh, and then when Brent wakes up, it's uh, it's foot knife time. Ugh, I didn't like this. I didn't like uh, this. They put him back in the chair, but then they they connect his feet to the floor by driving knives through them. Right. That's and, <laughs> and it's gross because he can't scream, so he's like squealing. Right. He's doing that 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 thing I was telling you guys about. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you got this. This scene is awful because Daddy is using the hammer to fucking uh, nail Brent's feet to the floor with, like, knives, right? He's just, like, using knives to fucking, like, nail him to the floor. And then before he does the first one, he goes, uh, this one's for the Kingsworth, which I think is the car. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think you're right. Because he, you know, he hit the tree with the cars. <laughs> I, I also will mention we don't really need to talk about it because it's all pretty standard. Um, Holly and Brent's mom have figured out that he's missing, and like they've talked to the cop guy, yes. you know, Mia's dad. And so, like, interspersed with this, they're like trying to figure out what happened to him, and then it's also going to Jamie and Mia fucking in the car on the school grounds, and so that's all happening. And I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to get away from Brent and Lola because that's the the meat of the story, if you will. But yeah, that's what's that's what's happening interspersed with all this stuff. It, it is. It's actually it, it breaks up all the torture stuff. Uh, is the uh, the stuff that breaks up the torture stuff is is uh, Jamie and Mia's date, which is very funny. But it's very jarring to go from a dude that's getting his, well, let's say feet nailed to the floor to like seeing Jamie try and do the, like the hood slide right across his uh, car and then, you know, right. eating shit and, and falling down as like a slapstick moment. By the way, when does this movie take place, Marcus? Because there are cell phones. They're like super old, like flip phone cell phones. But everybody in every car looks like it's from like the 80s. I, you know, I don't know, but I think it takes place at the time that came out in, but maybe those were just the cars that they could get a hold of to pee in the movie. You know, who knows what kind of budget they had, man. It just, it seemed like it was glaring. I'm like, man, this like looks like the eighties, but people do have like pretty primitive cell phones. So whatever, beside the point. And now we get a little, um, we have a little backstory on Lola and it turns out she's been doing this for a while with multiple people. Oh yeah. The scrapbook. Um, yeah, she thinks that somebody is the one, and she makes a scrapbook about it, and she gets obsessed with him, and then Daddy kidnaps him, and she figures out that he's not actually the one, and then as she puts it, I'd like to draw on them now, Daddy. Yes, and then right before we get to the drawing scene, um, in the scrapbook, because she's, she's, you know, Brent, he is uh, yeah. tied to the chair again, now nailed to the floor. So she's sitting in his lap. And she's showing him the scrapbook. And dude, there's like photos of her when she was looked like she was very young when they were doing very this like little yeah. kids. So it's really fucked up. Uh, but one of the scrapbook pictures is a guy named Timmy Valentine. And Brent, that picture raises Brent's eyebrows because he recognizes that guy. He knows who that guy is. Because that was the guy that was in the street. 
Yep. At the beginning of the movie, which made him swerve the car around. Right. That killed his dad. And <laughs> which, which I guess we'll finish now because this completely ends Jamie and Mia's story. Right. Is that because Mia gets brought home drunk to her cop dad and, you know, he's at home and then he finds her crying on the bed. And what does she say? Um, I don't remember what she said. But it's something that alludes to the fact that Timmy is her brother. Yes, yes, yes. That that's the main point of it is that Timmy Valentine, the guy that was wandering around in the in the you know uh, in the road that caused that accident, it was all bloodied up, and he had something carved into his chest. By the way, we had mentioned this earlier. Uh, that was Mia's brother, who they never found. They he was never found. They never he found never his body. Found. Uh, we never knew what happened to him. Cuts back to Lola saying, "It's like, oh, so Timmy got away." <clears throat> and ended up in the street. They don't really clarify what happens to him, but I got to assume he's dead. Yeah, I know. He for sure is dead. I, it, it, yeah, he just, I think he just crawled into a ditch and died. I mean, you would imagine, like, that's what happened right. to him, right? Like, because uh, Lola and Daddy never caught him, and he was never, you know, recovered by the authorities. So, I mean, he for sure is dead somewhere. So then when it cuts away from Brent and Lola, and when it comes back, Brent's got, like, a heart with an arrow carved on his chest, and Lola's done all this drawing on his chest with a fork because that's fun. Dude, she's carved all that shit into his chest with that fork. Like her hands are like covered in blood. He's covered in blood. You can barely even see what she did, but you can see enough. We're thankfully spared this. So I think she did this when he passed out. Yeah. Uh, I hope so anyway. I I, I didn't really catch because all of a sudden, it, it, you know, it cuts from one of... Uh, you know, Jimmy and, and uh, wait, is it Jimmy? Uh, Jamie. It cuts from uh, it cuts from one of Jamie and Mia's date interludes to all of a sudden here is Brent with this, uh, you know, thing carved into his chest and stomach. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. And then uh, raise your hand if you're ready for some more incest. Yeah, I'm not ready. I don't, I'm never. <laughs> is anyone really? I'm never Lola starts dancing with her dad, like because uh, they're gonna they're gonna do some fucked up shit in a minute. But she wants to have a, a dance with him first, right? Right. And as they're dancing, like it, he gets really close yeah. to kissing her, or she gets really close to kissing him, and she's like, "You know, it. I you were always the one, Daddy. You know." Mm-hmm. And yep. um, just as they're about to kiss, that's when Brent, who's been stood up, like standing up literally with the f- knives in his feet in the floor, he sits back on down on the chair because he finds that his razor blade's still there. Right. Right. He makes like a noise or something, right? And he like interrupts. He, like, he falls back down to the chair. Yeah. Uh, He's got the razor blade now. And, it, and I should – we should mention here too that like whenever Lola is about to do something intimate with uh, Brent, they always show daddy like he does a crazy fucking facial <laughs> expression like, oh, I don't like that. Like when yeah. she was – you know, when she was helping him pee and then she said, you know, I'm, I need to go kiss it because it was crying. Like they definitely show daddy. He's like, oh, he doesn't – you know, he's mad. He doesn't like yeah. that at all. So it's like, oh. So now, Luke, we're going to figure out what happened to Bright Eyes. Yeah. So tell me if I get this correctly. It appears as if uh, in order to turn these people or to turn people that they've killed into zombies, which is going to come up in a minute, not mm-hmm. real zombies, obviously. Right. They drill a hole into the front of their head through the forehead and then 
pour boiling water into said hole. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. They, this is a... Uh, I mean, they definitely looked at the shit that Jeffrey Dahmer did uh, back in the day. Because Jeffrey Dahmer wanted to create, like, sex slave zombies, right? Like, that's what yeah. he would do. I, I don't know how much you know about that shit, but, like, he straight up would... Uh, use a uh, a power drill to drill into his uh victim's skulls uh and then he would i think he put acid in there if i'm i, I might be getting this facts of this wrong but it was something like that and this, this shit really happened um and this is kind of what uh, lola and daddy have been doing for a while but instead of acid they're using boiling water and, and she says like uh yeah the boiling water uh it, it boils your, their brains yeah, out boils your brains It'll turn you into one of them. And then they open, daddy opens the floor. There's a, yeah, the rug up and there's a, the rug, yeah. compartment, opens up like these big cellar doors <clears throat> to which that roadkill that has been picked up earlier, Lola prepares that by cutting the head off and she throws it into this hole. And look what happens. Uh, man, this is a, this is that reveal that I was telling about or I was talking about earlier. Uh, this is fucking wild. This is wild. He throws the cellar doors open and we start hearing screams, not unlike the screams that um, uh, Brent has been trying to make the right. entire movie. <clears throat> and there's like this really cool, like dolly zoom shot of Brent's face where he like, he's been pretty defeated at this point. Like he's like, he's been pretty fucked over, you know, over and over, but he's just like his eyebrows raise his eyes open wide. He's like, what the fuck is this? Turns out, because uh, we just assumed at this point that all those people that uh, Daddy and Lola have been, uh, you know, victimized in the past, they just killed them. No. Uh, turns out they have been drilling holes into the front of their foreheads, kind of like Bright Eyes. Remember her? She's kind of like conspicuously absent. Uh, and uh, like we were just talking, pouring hot water in there into the holes, into the open gaping wounds in their forehead, into their brain, uh, turning them into, well, their version of zombies. And then they just throw them down in the cellar, this filthy fucking horrible hell on earth type cellar. And, uh, just kind of feeding them water and, uh, garbage and well, uh, roadkill as it turns out right. intermittently. And people, Luke, also people. And people, yeah. so you find a lot of bones down there later. Lots of bones, <laughs> and then uh, so then the the cranium drilling you know, and and this scene is so intense and so gross. And there were so many times where I thought like, because they show him cutting the ropes, and I was like, okay, now he's gonna kick her. Right now he's gonna get out. But it's like, nope, there's a hole in the head. Yeah, it's like okay, now he's kicking. He's like, nope, here comes the water, and then like she misses and burns her dad's head because like. Apparently she doesn't do this part, so she's not very good at it. Right, right. And like the dad is being matter of fact and like trying to teach her how to do it correctly. And then um, Brent finally does get out and uh, drills the side of daddy's face open. Yes. Uh, By the way, most upsetting part of the movie for me when they're drilling into uh, Brent's forehead. Yeah. Because he's, again, he's doing his failed scream and you see like smoke coming out from where they're drilling into his skull. And then they they do it multiple times because she does yeah. it, and then she's like, and the, and like she, and she goes, the, "The hole's not big enough. Can you make it bigger, Daddy? Can you yeah. make it bigger, Daddy? Can you please make it bigger?" Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, all right. I'll just, you know, of course, I'll do it for you." 
And then he fucking does it again, and they fucking drool into it again. And you can kind of see, like, there's a, a shot of Brent's hands as he's, like, cutting through the rope. And he, they just start going more and more slack. And I was at this point in the movie, I remember the first time I watched this, I was just like, I was just, this is when I was giving up all hope. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is this is gonna end with Brent fucking like he's gonna be one of the goddamn seller zombies, and then the credits will roll, and we're all gonna feel bad about ourselves, and that's gonna be the end of this fucking movie. Before the, we got too far in the movie, I actually thought it was gonna like they were gonna kill him, and then like the rest of the movie was gonna be like Holly taking revenge on her. That's yeah. what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah, I yeah for sure that could have been very well where that this movie could have ended up in. So uh, th- now uh, after after Brent's gotten himself out and the, like the father's face is sliced open from the drill, and he takes the knives out of his feet. This is another one of those dark comedy things because it almost looks like a straight Street Fighter. To take your turn from earlier showdown, <laughs> it's like it shows Brent stand up with like dual knives, and he's like he's like all right, let's go. And the dad's got a drill. And he's like all right, and they, like rush at each other, but Brent like stabs him multiple times in the neck and throws him into the cellar. This is so fucking cool. This was so satisfying because we've just been like, we've been watching Brent get tortured for like a good, what, like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And this is, this, this was so satisfying to watch. This was like the end of Spartacus season one satisfying for me when he fucking gets loose and fucking cuts daddy's face open with that razor. And then he fucking stabs him in the neck like 17 times and he throws him down into the fucking pit of zombies. To which the zombies are like, hell yeah, fucking lunch is served, baby. And then they eat his fucking face. And the whole time, Lola is just freaking out. Because she's been in control this whole time. And now she's not. And now she's afraid. And Brent's like watching in horror. And everybody knows what's going to happen. Lola comes up behind him and throws him in there. Yeah. Yeah. He forgot she was there. He got too caught up in the daddy killing, dude. Yeah, and and to keep things moving, because um, she closes the she keeps the, uh, the she closes the doors. Yes, yeah, locks them uh, in there then, with, the, with the fucking zombies. Right, and uh, to keep keep the story moving along, because we still got a bunch to talk about. Um, Brent ends up uh, to, as a act of survival, kills all three of those zombies down there. Barehanded. Hey, yeah, he fucking, does. Did he Brent fucking is a badass? He fucking pit fighters all three of those things, dude. <laughs> And he's he's like trying to get out of there, but he can't climb out of there. There's not enough shit to climb out. There's no ladders. It's pretty deep. Right. Um, meanwhile, Holly in 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 uh, you know has went back home, and she has this flash of remembrance of Brent telling her that Lolo is the person that asked him out. So she goes and tells Mia's dad, the cop, and the cop's going to go out to Lola's place because I'm assuming it's one of those towns where everybody knows where everybody lives, and you know right. everybody knows everybody. Right. Um, he's not very effective though. I mean, I can't blame him cause he opens that door cause Brent starts throwing shit at the, at the ceiling to get his attention. Right. Well, he sees all the blood on the floor before right. he enters. And but as yes. he opens that door, he sees down there. He's like, what the fuck am I going to look, am I looking at? And he turns around and acts to the face from Lola. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't last very long. And he gets thrown down there and Lola goes, I'm going to take this knife and I'm going to go kill Holly and I'm going to kill your mother. Right. Like, oh, just like you did my daddy. Right. But then leaves the door open. Right. 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 And, um, uh, Brent, Brent climbs out on bodies and bones, man. <laughs> he makes a bodies and bones mound and he fucking climbs that shit to the top. Hey, man, 
little callback to the beginning of the movie when he fucking free soloed that cliff. Now he gets to free solo a fucking mountain full of bodies and bones to get out of that fucking hellhole. Oh man. And then um uh and then I guess I can forget the order that things happen. He he takes off in the police car. Yeah, he so he takes off in the police car. Lola Holly's me, getting out there too now. Yeah, she's driving a little Volkswagen bug towards uh Lola's house. Lola is just hoofing it. She's on like yeah, the highway. Blood covered with a knife. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's looks like she's been through you know all kinds of hell. She's got a big old knife in her hand and she's just hoofing it down the highway. So you got Holly coming tw- oh she's got the she's got the scrapbook in her one right. arm too. And that's how she oh. stops Holly. She throws a scrapbook at her car and it gives her to stop. <laughs> right. So they have a fracas. And then uh, it, it, it like starts like trying to stab her and then Holly starts running away. And I will say like this, like Holly had no problem getting away from Lola. Right. No issues. Lola was not catching up to this woman. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, but Brent and- comes by in the cop car. Yes. Yes. Almost he- hits her like the beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. Call back to the front, to the, uh, the beginning of the movie, right? He almost, uh, you know, kills uh, Holly. Like he almost killed uh, Tommy Valentine at the beginning of the movie, right? Yeah. But then, but he swerves out of the way. And hits Lola she, instead. <laughs> yeah. She gets in the car and then they like, they see, uh, they yeah, hits Lola instead. And then as Holly's in the car, they like look in the back and like Lola's Terminator crawling. Yes. To the car. And then they uh, they run her over, and that's pretty much it. Except yeah. the, you know, except for like the the family reunion at the end, Brent and his mother, and then like the mother hugging Holly as well. Yeah, Brent just looks in the rearview mirror. He's, yeah, he just backs up as a a close up on Lola's face, and she like realizes she's fucked, and it, like it's our super slow motion shot, and she just face first into the back bumper. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty great. All right, Pete Lola. So, give me your final thoughts on the loved ones. Man, it's a it's a fucked up little movie, man. It's uh it's good. I recommend it to. Again, this is a not a an easy recommendation because uh it's uh it's a tough movie. It's a tough movie to watch. It's very violent. It's very at times mean spirited. Uh, by the way, poor fucking Mia, right? Like if if right. her brother's disappearance did that to her, imagine when she finds out her dad is dead. Dad is not but dead. It's, you know, so it's that type of movie. You know, it's not like a feel good movie. <laughs> not that we cover a lot of those, but uh, it's um it's really well done. You know, it's a it's a low budget movie that's uh just you know pretty expertly done, man. Like this director's only directed one other movie since this one, and it's also very well regarded. Uh, I think it's called The Devil's Candy, which I, I've not seen or heard of. Uh, but I I want to see it now because of this movie. It's just, uh, I I don't know, recommend it. Yeah, I enjoyed this one too. Um, it it had that, you know, that Ozploitation feel, even though I know you probably couldn't call it Ozploitation anymore. I think that era's passed. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It's, it's not for the weakest stomach. There's definitely some things in there, but... Um, it was a good recommendation. Thanks, Danny Boy. Thank you, Danny Boy. Um, yeah, go go uh, listen to the Creepy Crap Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, go follow Creepy Crap Podcast on Instagram.
We've reached the end of yet another series, Luke, and you know what that means. Rank time. Rank time. It's final rank time. And as always, we go from our least favorite to our most favorite, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, This is another one personally for me where I enjoyed every single one, so my last one is does by no means mean that it's a bad movie. Oh, yep, yep, I agree. Uh, but I'll start off with my number six. My least favorite has got to be The Lift. Uh, same. It's my least favorite of the six. Uh, but, I mean, come on, you guys. How it's many? Dick Moss. It's Dick Moss. And how many killer elevator movies have you seen? It's zero, right? You haven't seen any. <laughs> Watch this one. Um, number five for me, and this was really hard to put this here because I really did enjoy it, is uh, Hatching. Oh, wow. Okay, we are finally, I think, going to differ on uh, these rankings wildly. Um, no, mine is Evil Dead Trap. My my number five is Evil oh, Dead Trap. Oh, man, that's low. That's really low for you. Well, that's what I said about hatching for you, man. You're, you're going to see where I have hatching. You're going to be okay. very surprised. How many, how many almost almost uh, two years into this podcast, and we're, uh, we're finally going to have a different ranking? No shit. <laughs> Here we go. All right. What's number four, man? Well, how, why is why is Evil Dead Trap so low for you? Hatching for, is that low for me, mm. only because I didn't like it more than the ones I put ahead of it. That's all. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I don't agree with that, but it's fair. Um, Evil Dead Trap. I, dude, it was the fucking. The, the rape stuff just really that's all so fair it that really it really soured the movie for me man like it was like it was a really well done movie unfortunately so is that scene and it just i just i have no fucking uh what do you call it uh intention of ever watching the movie ever again so down to number five it went well, I got a little story for you when we get to where mine is, uh, but it's not at number four. Number four is The Loved Ones for me, the one we just watched. Okay, well, now we're back on track. Uh, also, The Loved Ones for me. <laughs> yeah, I can't honestly say I'd watch this one again, but I would recommend it to other people that I know like this kind of stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, a very certain few people I would recommend this to, um, like Palov. Like, you yeah, might, you <laughs> yep. might, you might watch this. it. Uh, the, the, the Midnight Paris <laughs> boys, I think they'd like it. Uh, yeah, you're, you're run of the mill, like, you know, uh, lightweight. I don't want to say that, but you know what I mean? Like, your horror movie, your casual <laughs> horror movie fan may not enjoy this at all. So, my number three is Dream Home. God damn it. I thought this was going to be different, Marcus. It's not. It's I mine is also true. <laughs> I did really enjoy that one. I, as as I mentioned before, I had some problems with uh some of the the time uh not time jumps, but uh making people making your viewer aware of what time was happening and when. And then also just I questioned some of the motives for some things. But I guess it's part of that you know, like this suspension of belief type thing, too. So my reason why I ended up on number three is is literally some of the violence was a little bit too upsetting for me. I have to sound like a little bitch, but like I, it was just like 
it was like a little much. Like I'm like Jesus yeah. Christ. Like the the pregnant the lady was a lot. It was a lot. So um, if it wasn't for that specifically that scene, I think it would have been much higher. Well, not that there's many spaces to go up above this, but I, I yeah, it, that's where I had to put it. I had to put it at three. All right, my number two is Evil Dead Trap, and I'm going to tell you why. God damn, I can't believe you put it up that high. Okay. All right, so um, I did – I okay, I didn't go back and I didn't watch the whole movie again, but I did watch like the last 35 minutes. <laughs> All right? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And And like I was watching that 35 minutes, and I'm like, this is the fucking crazy bonkers Japanese horror shit that I turned these on for. True. True, true, Fair. and it's it's great, and even and like uh, some of the you know like the music choices and the style choices, and um, yeah, I, I mean for that <laughs> for that last thirty five minutes alone, it it ends up at number two for me. All right, fair. Uh, mine's the hatching, man. I really enjoyed the hatching. I this movie came out of nowhere. It was so good. I think you recommended this one. It was totally not on yeah. my radar. Uh, man, the makeup's amazing. That anim- that uh, that puppet, that fucking nightmare of a fucking bird puppet, yeah. <laughs> that's in there for for a good while of the movie is out of this world. Um, I mean, the story is nothing to really like sing home about, but man, it is. Uh, I feel like more people should know about the hatching. It's really well made. So number it two, is. it is. Yeah. Well, our so our, our different but not really different rankings ends with both of us at uh, number yeah. one, and both of us putting the whaling there. Pretty easy number one, right? I mean, yeah, I think you know what. Legitimately, this movie is yeah. not only uh, a, a good horror movie; it's it's also just like a yep. good movie. Just a good movie. Uh, I can't really say anything else about the Wailing except for that the Wailing fucking owns, and you should watch the Wailing if you haven't seen it. And and again, check out. I'm like me; I haven't fucking done it yet, but I'm going to because of, just because of the Wailing, uh, I'm going to check out that director's other movies. So uh, it's that good. Yeah, really well done. So, Luke, that's a wrap on International Edition number two. I had fun. I hope you did, too. And I hope our listeners did as well. Globetrotting madness. And uh, (laughs) it was good. It was good all the way around. I had a good time with all of these uh, six movies. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. We're coming up next. It's spooked over, baby. Uh, So we're super pumped and uh, we're going to throw a bunch of random uh, movies at you. No theme to this. Just because this, uh, I like to do it once in a while. It's a, it's a good time. And we're going to kick it off with The Void. That's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. Welcome to the Review to Death. <laughs> that might be the first time I've messed that up, actually. <laughs> I don't remember you ever doing that. So, well, first time for everything. Great start.